0: Welcome to Off The Bench Summer Edition. All the big news and views from sport. Can't wait for your canter? You don't have to. In stock now. See your Fuso dealer today.
1: Hello. Welcome to it's Off The Bench. Oh, another big weekend in sports. Can I say... Another big weekend.
0: Can I say the intro music to this show Mm -hmm. is my favourite. Is it? From all the shows across the network.
1: Wow. Yeah, Well well, That's not hard. I love it. Hmm. Okay, I'm glad you like it. Mm. Scotty Sattler, welcome to Off the Bench. Jason Matthews here. So let we look at the, uh, the highlights from Sports Day uh, throughout the week and we talk about some other stuff. Come up on the show today. You and the Rat caught up with former Wallaby Jeremy Paul to discuss the future of Australian
0: rugby. Great chat, actually. Oh, I've never met Jeremy Paul, but Matty Rogers, the Rat, who played a lot of test matches with him, said he's one of the great, one of the great teammates, highly articulate. But outside of that... He snuck in behind Phil Kearns. And when you read his record, you forget how great he was as a player.
1: Yep. I'm looking forward to hearing that chat. Uh, One of the most entertaining fullbacks in history, Brett Mullins. Mullows will join us. Um, Great guy. Better than Gary Belcher as a Raiders fullback? Two completely different players, styles. Um, Great answer. yeah, Yeah, Badger's good at everything. Wasn't he? Yeah, Even not spending money. Yep. It was great at Good that. At that. Uh, the Dig, thanks to Sherlock Will Barras. View the range at Sherlocklastlonger.com.au. Um, I am i don't know. I'm still having a dig at Rugby Australia. Oh. I really am. Well, what, oh. can, what, what else
0: do you want right, to... Wanna... Di- I'm having a dig at Australian <laughs> cricket sides middle order. Oh, yeah. And also our big three, Pace yeah. Bowlers. They're getting carded So basically
1: the most of them... I'm having a dig... At Glenn Maxwell for falling off a,
0: a cart. What oh, are, what they said it's not severe concussion, but he'll miss the game this week. Uh, we go through all the right protocols. What happened once upon a time when you fell out of a golf cart and you said, okay, let's just get get to the next tee? Just brush yourself off. I want to know off. whether he finished the game. Yeah, mm. maybe not. And would he shoot after it? From the job site
1: to your backyard, lighten the load with Sherlock, available at Bunnings Warehouse. Um, yeah, I wonder what he did shoot afterwards. Yeah.
0: Timmy Payne on the show as well? Uh,
1: Timmy, yes, is on the show as well. good stuff. Uh, Great chat with Timmy Payne. Rightio, uh, yes, we did chat to one of the great full-backs of our game, Brett Mullins, the other night. Missed the chat. Here it is.
2: Kick and chase by Mullins.
3: Kick and chase again by Mullins. This will be a miracle. Oh,
4: it is a miracle. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You won't see anything like that again this year. And maybe
1: never. Great call from Ravs. One of the best tries you'll see uh, in the NRL. And uh, look, we've worked with Gary Belcher here on Sports Day. This bloke is our special guest right now. Sats played 183 NRL games for the Raiders, five Origins for the Blues, eight Tests for Australia, member of the 1994 Kangaroo Tour, two NRL premierships, uh, 1994 with the Raiders and... 2002 with the Roosters, and still my favourite Canberra fullback, mm. <laughs> Brett Mullins, joining us on Sports Day. Hey, Brett.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. How you going, Muller? Where, where are you based these days? I'm in Belmont, Lake Macquarie. Um, so I've been up here about 20 years now, mate, so enjoying life.
0: Yeah, nice. Now, now before we talk about your career, and, you know, your dad, Bill, was a great player. One, two comps at the Roosters, Jase. Yeah, yep. 74, 75, and... With Arthur and Ronnie Curt and Jack Gibson, and Jeez, now you were born in seventy two, and re- and he retired in nineteen seventy eight. D- do you recall yep. going to footy games as a as a kid?
2: Oh, not too much. I remember just running around a few hills here and there, but um, yeah, not too much, mate. I I was more back, you know, playing around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, yeah, but... did you always have a connection as an adult with some of his former players, like? Arthur and Mark Harris and Ronnie Coote and and
2: Jack Gibson later on when you were an adult? Yeah, I did. Uh, I got suspended when I was playing Jersey Flag at Raiders. So on the judiciary is Ronnie Coote, a couple of Dad's old teammates. So I was going up the elevator and they said, you'll be right, Mullows. So I said, oh, thanks very much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. Now, Badge, one of our colleagues, of course, uh, he was a great fullback at the Raiders. And when you were a young fella coming through, different styles of player, both you and Badge, but... Did you get to spend much time or did you observe him much, knowing that you were going
2: to take that number one jersey when he retired? Well, I didn't know. Um, it's only when Badge hurt his knee and we're playing, I think Great Britain we were touring in 92, I yes, think it was. We were playing them on Saturday night. And um, and I was my first game ever at, at fullback was the next day against Parramatta. Um, I went out that Saturday night and had a shocker. And Shanti basically said to me, "Mate, I don't think you will play your fullback tomorrow because that's the first time I've ever played it. I kind of, you know, enjoyed what I was, what I was doing out there, and just asked him to give me another crack. He told me to go have a chat with Badge, and then um the next day I got man of the match, scored a length field try, and um, I think he said to Badge, "Well, you can retire now, mate. you a replacement." Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, good. Now talking on Timmy
0: Sheens, like one of the great coaches, one of the great minds of the game. I got a lot of time for Sheens. He did. Because you were that sort of enigmatic player that just basically loved the free, free-flowing style, did he just let you play and not overcomplicate things too much?
2: Pretty much, um, he like did give me, you know, little areas to run to, and what we thought there might be a weakness. But um, other than that, I was just get the ball and, and go for it. So um, I had pretty open, open uh, field to play in, and um, you know, it kind of let me run free a bit, which is
1: good. How simple is that game plan? Like nowadays, it, it, it feels like we overthink the game too much, don't we, Mullows?
2: Oh, I think so, yeah. Um, it's a bit regimented now, but um, I did enjoy that style. Um, I played what was in front of me, basically. So um, we had our little set plays off, off um, you know, off scrums and, and whatnot, of and taps and all that. But um, other than that, I kind of just, you know, followed the forwards around and, and it, there was an offload there to be to Be given, I'll, I was hopefully in position and they can pop the ball to me. And now, um,
0: one of the greatest players, I, he was my favourite player growing up as a kid. I still get intimidated by him when I, when I see him in person, his big Mal. And mm-hmm. you know, that grand yeah. final try in '94, his last NRL game, uh, of course. What was he like as a captain? Was he, was he intimidating? No,
2: he wasn't at all. He was uh, very encouraging, actually. Um, I, I love playing off Mal. Um, it was pretty easy when he would draw in three or four players, mate. And all Mal said to me, "Was Malo? Make sure you catch him." I said, "No worries, Mel, I'll do my best." He didn't want to let him
0: down. Now that 1994 premiers, I think, still today, one of the most entertaining teams I've ever watched, and you beat the dogs pretty convincingly in that grand final. Now, Paul Osborne goes in for John Lomax, lays on the first two tries in the first 20 minutes. Now, I heard a story. It was looked like Arthur beats in the way he's playing. Yeah. I heard a story that Mal said to uh, Sean McRae, the trainer, he said, or Brian Hyder, he said, "Get him off the field now because he thinks he's Arthur." <laughs>
2: That's pretty much true, mate. Yeah, try to throw it at no one. So he got, he got, you know, ripped straight off the field straight after that. But he done his job for us that day, didn't
0: he? He did, yeah. Now, nineteen ninety three, Uh Ricky Shaw breaks his ankle. All roads are heading towards. Finally, we're going to see the Raiders play the Broncos in the grand final against Parramatta. You're beating them by sixty, and and Ricky breaks his ankle, and you go, you bow out in straight sets in the finals. If that day ended up occurring which the broncos and the raiders of 93 94 do the raiders get the broncos who were back-to-back champions that
2: year i think so um as you said when ricky broke his ankle you know they just ripped the heart out of our team basically so um and we just couldn't recover from that i think we went out in straight sets basically after that um it was a massive disappointment too but um i think you know now being confident as i was i thought we would have uh yeah been the premiers that year as well
0: yeah now Kenny Nagus, the Kyogre flyer. Did you guys ever have a foot race, an official foot race?
2: Yeah, well, I've always told everyone Kenny's the fastest bloke I've ever seen. He, he only ran as fast as the bloke chasing him. So <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> he didn't want to exert too much energy. But uh, yeah, he just glided along the paddock, didn't
0: he? Now, there's an SMS here from uh, one of our listeners. Uh, his name goes by the name of Badge Belcher from Kingscliff. And he says, ask Mullows, what's your favourite Jason toots, uh, toots
2: Croker story? It's- Oh, look, i am get in too much trouble if I told them, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, me and Toots, me and Toots, we always got up to mischief, don't worry about that. We always had a good time after a game, put it that way.
0: Was he your go-to, man, when you just want to let your hair down and relax? Was Toots always your go-to, man?
2: Well, I, well, there's a few others, but they, they weren't as, as loud as me and Toots were. But um, as I said, look, if I would have a drink, he was the first person I called. And I, I always knew the answer was going to be yes. So
1: <laughs> Your chance uh, of... Uh, chance to write a reply here What's your favourite Badge Belcher story Is it true he's as tight he, as he Is nowadays
2: Well like, Back in the day that was the um, That's what the fullbacks were with him and Gary Jack They were all tight asses weren't they <laughs> yes. So I think um, I, I tried to I tried to Break that mould
0: oh, Now Jason Hetherington who also you won a Comp with in 94 now you married sisters Didn't you no, with Brett Hetherington. Oh, sorry, Brett Hetherington. Yeah, you, uh, you married sisters, didn't you?
2: We we did, mate. I'm still married to his, but he's he's since uh, departed from mine. Okay, so
0: at the time, did they keep you apart, the sisters?
2: No, no, no. Um, no, we tended to party a fair bit together.
0: <laughs> now, now, Mullows, after the Raiders, uh, you you go over to the UK in 2000 and uh, for the 2001 yep. season. Now, was it? When you came back to play for the Roosters in 2002, was it more about Ricky Stewart, your premiership teammate, sending an SOS out to you or was it playing for your dad's former club or was it both?
2: Um, well, it kind of happened. I went over there on a two-year deal. I went over injured and I basically got injured the whole year and had a frust- frustrating time on the field. Um, so I kind of spoke to Gary Heddington, the CEO at the time and I said I'd basically had enough and he agreed. So um, I basically, Ricky got the job with the roots, he just gave me a call out of the blue and asked me if I'd be interested. And I said no to him to start with and he said, is it cause of the injuries? I went, Yep. He said, If you weren't injured, would you like to go again? I said, For sure. He said, So come he said, come back then and uh we'll put you through lots of physio and training and what. Here we go and the rest is history.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well it was a great return, Mullows. And you're only thirty years of age in 2000 and in 2002 and, yeah. and you pretty much played, you know, ninety percent of the season. And you retired after that year. Was it just because of the the ongoing injuries? Why? Because 30 is still relatively young.
2: Yeah, well, the something about the salary cut back in those days, I was rated as a certain amount on the salary cut. My roosters couldn't fit me under at that stage. So um, that kind of, you know, finished it for me. Uh, Tim Sheens did bring me up and ask me if I wanted to go to the West Tigers. But um, we had a business up here in Belmont, so I just kind of called it quits. And in hindsight, I was probably the best move I made. I came out to play a couple of games of touches here and snapped both hamstrings and <laughs> done a few Jeez. other injuries. So I think everybody was telling me that enough's enough. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't the biggest fella either, mate, so it didn't take much to hurt the little bones coming out. So Yeah.
0: Now, now Jack Hetherington obviously plays for uh, yep. for Newcastle, Brett Hetherington's Sunday. You, yep. you have still have a fair bit to do with him and you enjoy watching him play?
2: Yeah, for sure. That's my sister, sister's boy, so um, I, we keep in contact a fair fair bit with Jack. He only lives down the road from me, so um, we do see a fair bit of each other, which is good. Yeah, he's got a little
0: bit of madness in him too, like his dad, hasn't he? So uh... yeah, it's in his breed, mate. I think. <laughs> now, Malays, before we let you go, thanks very much. Yep. I know you're you're about to go to a function, but 135 tries in NRL, Origin, and Test matches. Is there a yep. favourite that stands out?
2: There is a couple. Obviously, the one you played at the start, um, the chip and chase. Yep. Um, the first couple of tries of my, of my career, the first one was against the Gold Coast and then another one was against St George. They weren't, you know, you know, anything special, but they're, they're ones you kind of keep in the memory bank. Um, and there's a few of some of the Australian tries as well. So I've got a, I've got a few that keep popping up in my head. Um, it was a long time ago, so it's hard to kind of remember, you know, yeah. most of the tries. But um yeah, so, so there's a few. There's one against Canterbury where Ricky put a bomb up and I had to dive and uh catch it in, in, in the air and um over the line. So that's that was a try kind of admired. I mean, and the a few, a few against Newcastle yeah. put against That's the
0: one I was gonna think about. The one at Newcastle the Marathon Stadium that night where you it was probably from about ninety five out and you went up that, that western touch line. That's one of my favourites. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, I actually caught that on the try line. Rab said I was 90 metres, but I, I both of us said I was a few metres. So, uh, even a, a five metres is a long way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Brett Mullins,
0: loved watching you play and uh, great to hear from you post-career as well. And I uh, hope you're enjoying life up in the Macquarie region. We've got a lot of listeners that are from the Newcastle and the Hunter as well would love to, to hear from you. So, Brett Mullins, thanks for taking time out to catch up uh, with us on Sports Day,
2: mate. Thanks very much, mate. Appreciate it. Have a good one. This is Off The Bench Summer Edition We'll be back soon Welcome back
0: This is Off The Bench Summer Edition Here they come, the Welsh They're over They twist the knife And Gatlin's men Complete an absolute humiliation Of the Aussies Aussie rugby hits rock bottom. Sean Maloney there commentating the Wallabies as they crashed out of the World Cup. And it's a strange feeling to wake up this, wake up on Sunday morning to hear that uh, Eddie Jones had resigned from his Wallabies job. Some people support it. Some people still scratching their head, a little bit perplexed. And a man that knows a fair bit about the man, Eddie Jones, is um, he, well, he represented the Brumbies, 112 games, 78 mm. caps for the Wallabies. Former hooker Jeremy Paul joins us on Sports Day. How are you, Jeremy?
5: Boys, mate, <laughs> I'm absolutely on it. Oh, uh, mate! My
0: goodness. Yeah, well, where, where yeah, we first, <laughs> firstly, Rat was telling me off air. He kept saying, oh, we'll, "We'll call Ming now." I said, "Ming, what's Ming?" And so I'll just ask him on air. So what's Ming? What's the nickname, Ming?
5: Ah, uh, well, look, it's it's Ming the Merciless from Flash Gordon. Okay, I will get the it, yeah, right yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of um. My squinty, oh, mate. every program I ever looked into, my eyes were squinting, and so I looked a little bit like Mo. No? Bad light, so, bad you light. You never get to choose, you know, yeah, you never get to
6: choose your nickname, right? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, mate, um, so I, I, I'm not sure how how you were feeling, I, I was incredibly surprised and shocked at what went down over the weekend with with Rugby Australia. Um Jeremy, what what were you thinking? That, that sounds weird calling you Jeremy. Yeah, I, know. I mean, it's like what, that, what, 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 what were you thinking when, um, you know, you heard the news?
5: Mate, It's it's been a bit of a sideshow of its own. But, mm. mate, to be honest, Eddie was down was a shit sandwich, without the bread. Like, he was, it was just, it was rubbish, mate. Like, it was everything. This isn't a culmination of, of 20 years of poor management by... Rugby Australia, in terms of the administration. Um, You know, we had the chairperson make a decision on the coach, and it it, taken Ian Foster's situation, right? They did the same, the All Blacks did the same to him, and he really should have won. The All Blacks should have won the World Cup. Mm. Um, They would have with 15 men. So, I just, I think they they went at him too. Hard. He just didn't have the time, mate. Look, I, when I look at his selection, so there's a number of things that obviously escalated this was his selection, and results are are a given. But the selections in terms of the Rugby World Cup and looking for the future, and I, I sort of backed all that. Like I looked at it and went, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. can see that. I was yeah, with fair him. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was, look, I was talking to Will Skilton at the time over and over in France, because I've I've known the kid for a long time. And and I sort of said to him, I said, mate, I've never seen you skinnier in my life. Like, you obviously have committed yourself to... Like, he committed himself to Eddie, he committed himself to this team. And I just think the thing for Eddie was he only had plan A, right? Like, if if Will Skilton and Talalia Tupu didn't get injured before Mm. the Fijian game, none of this would be a conversation, because I think we would have beaten Fiji and got through the quarters. I just think it was time, mate. Like, I just don't think he had enough time. and He's trying to rush everything into this very short window before the Rugby World Cup. And, and we don't have the stock. Like, I think that's blaringly obvious now, that we don't have the stock. So this, this connection between grassroots rugby and super rugby and Rugby Australia is now coming... Well, it's been coming to fruition for many years, yeah. boys. Like, yeah. it's like we, we haven't won... Anything, we've been competitive at different stages, but just haven't won anything. Yeah. So, so and what, what, what yeah, now the pressure was huge.
6: So, I mean, you know, you talk about that. You know, we don't have the stock. Is is there? I mean, there's no magic bullet here. I mean, I, I feel like, uh, you know, there needs to be a complete strip down and rebuild of, of the infrastructure of Australian rugby, um, but that's going to take a long time. Can Can Australian rugby survive it, or, or do you think there's another option?
5: Well, no, no, we have to. No, no, we have to. So the, the talk is centralisation, right? So when you talk about centralisation from a rugby program to an administration side, so there's two parts of centralisation. Under the rugby program, we should have always come under Rugby Australia, like not in terms of gameplay um, or game plans, more about the, the skills that can easily be teached by one approach. So... For example, why is every hooker, young hooker or any hooker in Australia throwing differently and who's teaching them? So there are skills across our game that can easily be taught once Mm. and consistently. So if you take a young kid at five years of age and by the time he's 18, he would have had 13 coaches who's potentially coached them 13 different ways. There's the low hanging fruit. Get to our coaches. Every rugby side needs a minimum of two coaches. You need a forwards and a backs coach because of the complexity of the skills. Like you saying I couldn't coach forwards, um, me? Obviously... Oh, no, no, oh, no, you could definitely give <laughs> someone the dark arts. Go. That's, a, that's what I was talking about. Like, um, I get what you're saying, I mean, though. You're, you're it's, a, it's a good point. Well, no, So you, you look at the coaching side of things and I did my level four coaching oh, back in 2015, 2016, I think. And it was... The three, the, it was three years are the most, it was a debacle, mate. Like, this was seven years ago. And I don't think things have changed in terms of our coaching levels, one, two, and three. So, first of all, you've got low-hanging fruit for coaches. Like, we, we need to get participation numbers coming, but no one's there to coach. I, I believe that's the big issue. And when we have skill, particularly with other games like NRL, AFL, making the games as simple as possible... So people can actually watch it and understand it. So that's the other thing with rugby because of the difficulty levels of it and the, the different parts and moving parts to it. Like coaching for me in rugby program, yes, centralization. But in terms of administration, no. Who's going to trust Rugby Australia who's gone into administration twice in the last two decades? Like mm-hmm. why, would, why would the super rugby sides? And, and it's, also, it's also worse off for them. From an administration point, look at the Waratahs. If they were successful, the market that they can get for sponsorship dollars within that you know, sort of Sydney market is huge. Um, and for me, from an administration point, it's never been that's never been the issue. It's always been the rugby program. Mm.
0: Jeremy, I mean, I mean, I know from a this could be a good thing in a sense of stripping everything back and starting again. But mm. in saying that, they've paid a lot of money for Joseph Suali, a young man who's going to be a superstar, whatever I think, whatever Cody plays. But... Outside of him being paid a lot of money, which he would welcome, of course, are you concerned now that players like him and other potential marquee rugby league players are looking at the game at the moment saying, there's no way in the world I'm making that cross-code?
5: Mate, 100%. They've been saying that for years, mate. Rugby Union was obviously incredibly attractive to rugby league players and vice versa. Like, whenever Joe Roth needed a contract extension, he'd say he's going to the Raiders. So, like, he was always a good contract. Always a good contract boy. Oh, he's going to league. Yeah, regular. league. He would have been handy, um, too, I can tell you. <laughs> oh,
6: oh, geez, just a
0: bit, right?
5: Just a bit, oh, He was, a, he was um, an out
6: and out um, league off the field, I can tell you that.
5: <laughs> oh right <laughs> in. Oh. Um so, so we look at you gotta look at it, immediate success, right? Like what brings sponsors, what brings an injection of like it's it's really where we are in our predicament financially as well. We're broke. Like as a code, we are exceptionally broke. So we've got twenty twenty five we've got the British and Irish lines coming, so we need to be able to like maximise that financial return so we can start injecting money back into grassroots, right? So so there's there's the big issue for me. But I, I honestly believe, man, what Phil Walsh should do. First of all, we've got to figure out the leadership by right? who's making the decision. Yeah, yeah. Is it the chairman or the CEO? First point, who's making leadership? Second thing is to get all our state, mate. Do you know 87% of our players from the Reds and from, um, sorry, 87% of players in our Super Rugby side come from the Reds and and the Waratahs. 87% of players.
4: The Broncos so, were the best side draft issue. system.
5: Yeah. Yes. Yes. And but they're not producing players. No one's producing players. Right. We've also been pretty much locked ourselves into oh, in right. private yep, schools yep, as yep. really as really our only form of talent. So we're getting the fifteenth to twentieth most talented kid. Um, so I look at I look at those things. I look at our stakeholders in terms of our 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 um, grassroots. We've only got the Premier League in Brisbane, and we've got. Uh, the shoot shield in Sydney. Like we're talking about, what's that, 16 teams. Get them into a room, all the super rugby coaches and administration, Wallaby coaches, nut it out and go, this is the way we're going to go and yep. we're all going to stick to it. Build a new culture.
0: I I can't comprehend that the game is struggling financially. But in saying that, uh, before we let you go, Jeremy, now Rat has had his opinion and your former teammate, both at Brumby level and also Wallaby level, Stephen Larkham has been mentioned. And Rat sort of said, why would he take it? in the current state that it's in. You know him probably better than most. Your thoughts?
5: Yeah, look, he's he's the obvious contender, right, for the Wallaby coach, because we don't have anyone else. <laughs> like it's, like it's appalling. We've been now in this situation twice over. Like, we've had to get... Oh, look, I think one more coach. I would go for either Ian Foster, who's just lost his job so he doesn't have a job yeah. um, or someone like Steve Hansen man, I'd be gunning for Steve Hansen oh, yeah. I really yeah. would, I think I think this, this type of role in this situation, back him, give him all the resources he needs, make decisions particularly working with the new rugby director when they finally get someone to go into that position and build a program with our grassroots and our super rugby side so it's all trickling from the top to the bottom
0: yeah. yeah, wise yeah, words, wise words. And um, before you go, Rat, did you want to tell Jeremy Paul that you sp- scored the last try to win oh. at Bledisloe? <laughs>
6: oh, when we won in 2002, the yeah. last time we won it, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, no, no, no the I mean, game we, i banned a match in. Yeah. Yeah. Still <laughs> <He was laughs> <man laughs> a match. <in>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> last oh. time we won at Bledisloe. Touche.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah,
5: nice, man, nice. Uh, we have finished there? Yeah, yeah. finished
0: here, <laughs> Good or? stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. Jeremy Paul from the Wallabies. This is Off the Bench Summer Edition. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench Summer Edition.
1: On the line joining us, we'll talk a bit of World Cup. Thanks to
3: Tui's Timmy Payne. Are you there? I'm here. Sorry, lads. I missed the first couple of calls, but I'm I'm back on deck.
1: Mate, great to have you uh, on board. And, and, and when I say on board, you're part of the SEN family doing a breakfast show in Tasmania, doing all sorts of things. Sats, have a listen to this. You do nothing for us, Sats. Yeah. This bloke puts himself in goal against shooters from the Tasmanian <laughs> hockey team. Are you nuts?
3: Uh, yeah, I am. I'm bored. <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to. But uh, yeah, I opened my big mouth. Actually, we had Eddie O'Keenan, who's also he's a Tasmania, He's the Australian captain and uh, the hockey team, and he was in the studio. And I said, oh, I reckon I could get in the goals, and he said, well, Why don't you come tomorrow? and i had to back it up so i went in and they smacked him it was a it was an interesting uh morning that is for sure but i got out of it unscathed which was good
1: um timmy you've obviously and sat you're aware of it we talked about it on the air you, you're aware of the uh S C N cricket teams that are going around using particular talent uh from the stable at S. you're aware of this aren't you
3: yes i am i am i was a very keen list. And I got Ian Healy as well the next day, came back at them. It was very Victorian-centric. It was, yeah. Uh, the surprise, third team was surprise. Picked, which isn't surprising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Well, we had heels pick. on the show, and that's where we came up. This was the Victorian team. What a pack of losers. Oh.
2: Pickering, Lion Russell, O'Donnell, fortunate.
6: Edmund, Waitley, Brereton, Hodge. Yeah, my spite might be, might be in trouble. I mean, I know I've kept none other than Ian Healy out, but a big push for Tags to keep.
2: Tags? You'd be joking. <laughs> Low
6: centre of gravity.
1: He's probably too short to be a wicket-keeper, the former jockey, right?
3: <laughs> he probably is, to be fair. I'm not, sort of well, not sure what sort of shape he's in at the moment. I'm not sure what sort of shape a lot of those guys are in, mm. to be honest. And, again, a lot of footballers. I mean, geez, we could pick a team off the top of our heads now and reckon we'd destroy them within... I'd be surprised if they lasted 10 overs against the... Uh, side, we could put on the exactly. park from the other SCN talent from the cricket point of view.
1: Well, Sats and I helped Heels put together the Rebel 11. Have a listen to this. So
0: let's run through the batting lineup, Sats. Well, let's run through the team lineup. Okay, Payne, Healy, Kasperwitz, Lehman, Copeland, Ryan Harris. What about that? Kasper, Copeland, Ryan Harris, Jimmy Smith, probably second change bowler. We forgot about Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Very handy cricketer. First grade cricketer. Yep. Socky. Psh. There's our turn right there. Yep. Salah can bowl some seam at about 120. What about this okay. bloke opening the batsman? Opening batsman. Chris Lynn? Yeah. And Rat Rogers, 12th man. Yeah. What do you think, Tim? We've got him
3: oh, we got him easily. And there's also a guy down here who does Saturday mornings called Brett Jeeves who played for Australia. Of course. <laughs> uh, he put his hand up. He could bat probably bat at five or six and open the bowling and bowl some pretty good pace, but... As I said, I reckon we could roll out with half of that team, play sort of five on 11 and absolutely destroy them, to be honest. Yeah, we had,
0: we had a massive night before and still be hung over and beat them. Now... <laughs> oh, uh,
3: I think that's how we play our best.
0: Exactly. Now, uh, let's get to the World Cup. Uh, Aussies starting to get some momentum, Timmy. Now, were you concerned after the first two matches or were you pretty confident they'd come good eventually?
3: Uh, no, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit concerned. I mean, you don't want to... We know in a World Cup, you, you want to build your momentum and be playing your best cricket... Uh, towards the end of the tournament, that you don't want to be playing terribly either at the start, which we were, but, uh, look, I think we um, we knew even back then, I was sort of holding out hope, we know the quality of player, we've got all the way through that team, and, um, you know, I was hoping it would be a matter of time, and, and yeah, I think our main players are kicking into gear now, um, just over the halfway point, and, uh, yeah, we're starting to look really good, which is great to see.
0: Now, when you make the decision to retire, any sportsman or woman, and it finally sinks in, and you can see there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. I think sometimes you you tend to play with a little bit more freedom. Doesn't matter what what code. Do you think that's the case with yep. Warner?
3: Yeah, it certainly looks like it. I mean, I, I'm not sure his white ball stuff's going to finish anytime soon. The way it's mm. going, but he's he's obviously spoken about Sydney being his last Test match. Um, so yeah, maybe you know he can see a light and load and a bit more time at home and and focusing on one or two formats with the 50 over and T20. I think he looks like, to me, he's still fit as a fiddle. He's running between the wickets quicker than our youngest batters. So um, I reckon he's got years left in him in in white ball cricket. But I think even that excites him, the fact that, you know, playing test cricket is a long time on the road and it's a grind on your body. It's a grind mentally. Uh, It's a bit of a grind on your family, to be honest. So I think he'd be looking forward to spending more time at home. But, um, yeah, I see his white ball stuff going on for years and, um, particularly, as I said, the form and fitness that I'm seeing for him at the moment. He, it, it's been vintage David Warner in the last month or two.
1: Mate, I think the the key to success at the moment is break a hand, take a few weeks off, come back, smash oh. 100 in quick time. That was a great knock it's by freakish. Travis Head.
0: But uh, do you... Yeah.
1: There's talk about him now being a future skipper for the Aussies. You, you on board that, Tim?
3: Yeah, I think he could. I certainly think he could. He's been captaining South Australia since he was about 12, Eddie. So um, <laughs> he's got the experience. Um, yeah, he's a pretty level, um, sort of calm, unflustered sort of character as well, which you kind of need in the, in the heat of battle in a test match or a one-day international or whatever it is. So I think he's got that covered. And to be honest, I think the last thing to come was just make sure he was cemented in every team. And I think in the last 12 months he's done that. He's now a permanent part of all three teams and a really key ingredient. So um, he's certainly someone I think they will look at in the next year or two as a potential white ball captain. And um, hopefully that frees up paddy cummins to keep going on in the test role
1: we're talking about this at the top of the show today and it's because the poms are struggling which is the greatest thing to see in world cricket (laughs) the greatest it it is uh, there's no sympathy whatsoever and and i hope we towel them up on saturday but uh, do you think there's a case in australian cricket for us to have a white ball coach and a red ball coach to keep that role separate like I still can't believe yeah. that the great Ricky Ponning is not involved in white ball cricket or red ball cricket, uh, at the top level.
3: Yeah, well I can. Do you know how much you have to pay him for a daily race,
1: Rick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah it has, right, he the okay. Year. Well he's got his wine but, um, out now, so yeah, he's got no, money coming in.
3: Well, hopefully that takes off, you know, and he does it for the love of it. That's that's what we'll need, that's for sure. But um, yeah, no, I think it, it the time will come. I think it'll depend on the coach, uh, to be honest. I know Andrew McDonald's more than happy doing both roles. He you know, he's got a really good staff around him where he can have a tour off as well, whether it's a you know, the white ball tour of South Africa he just had at home so he can get home and freshen up and but I think to do that you've got to really have some faith and trust in the staff that are around you, which he clearly does and um you know, England have got the two coaches which some would say has worked. I mean, they won the T twenty World Cup, they've had a stinker in the fifty over World Cup, their test cricket's getting better. So I think it's got some merit having guys that just concentrate on those um, formats. But I think, again, it'll come down to the coaching, uh, the personality of the coaches and, and whether they can work collaboratively or not. And um, As we know, when you get great coaches, that's not always the way.
0: Is there cause for concern, Timmy, around our big three, our, our big three bowlers, your Hazelwood, your Starks and, and your Cummins? The, especially a Stark late in that game the other day, you got, you got pretty erratic, mm. didn't he?
3: Yeah, no, not concerning what they can do. My concern for those three is how much we use them. Um, you know, and I think when when we're seeing some off performances from them in the last month or so, it comes down to fatigue. Those guys are the best, probably the best three quicks in the world uh, when they're right. But what we haven't done all that well in Australia is is rotate them. We play them in test matches, we play them in 50 over and we play them in T20 and I think at... At some point, those guys are going to tire and not be quite at their best. I think we've got to find the time to, you know, a bit like we just spoke about with the coaches, to give them some time off, a um, bit of R and a bit of rest, and, and get them home, and make sure that when we are rolling them out on the park, it's for the big games, the big tournaments, um, and not not everything in between. So, uh, look, I, I've got full faith in those three. Uh, they'll come good in big moments um, in the next three games, and in in a semi final and a final, they'll deliver. I have no doubt about that. But I do get worried that we we overuse them.
1: Yeah. Um, Ian Healy has said that he thinks Australia will win the ODI World Cup. Do you agree, Tim? Or I mean, India are going to be hard to knock off.
3: Yeah, they're going to be very hard to beat. Uh, but I think we're the team that could. I'll leave it at that. I, I mean, I still think we need to... We've got some work to do on... Not some work to do because, again, we've got the best batters in the country over there and playing in that team. I, I just think the mindset and the intent around the spinners need to... Needs to switch a little bit. Even the other night when we got off an absolute fly, I thought you know a couple of part-time spinners from New Zealand came on and slowed us right up. Um, so we, we'll need to address that in the next couple of weeks because there's no doubt India are going to pick um, Cole Deep. They'll pick Jadeja and they'll probably pick Ashwin against us and go three spinners the way we've been playing it. So um, that'll be the only threat. But other than that, I think we've got a team that can certainly challenge India. Um, and I think we're probably the only one over there that can from what I've seen so far. Can In say, their own
0: condition. Can I say really quick, Jace? This is the mm. first time I've ever had the privilege of talking to Timmy. And can I say how much I admired you and your involvement, what you did with Australian cricket? We all did. Yeah. And Thank our you. listeners, our listeners yes, say all. that
1: as well, Tim. And mm. though they were peed off when you lost the gig. And uh, mate, oh, lot, so was I, yeah. no doubt you were, <laughs> uh, with what you what you did for Australian cricket. My legacy, yeah, yeah. Well done. Uh, your breakfast show, uh, Mondays and Friday mornings. You do less shifts than Rat Rogers for us, uh, two days yeah. a
3: week. No, I'm enjoying it too. It's great. Are you, yeah? Two days a week's enough for me at the moment. Although I think my co host wants a bit more airtime, but I'm trying to just pull him back a little bit. There's no <laughs> need to rush these things. Good things come to those who wait.
1: Good stuff. Tim Payne, thanks for your time on Sports Day, mate. We appreciate it.
3: No dramas, any time. There he goes, Tim Payne.
0: Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today.
1: Yeah, what's uh, gambling really costing you? You know what, Chris Nelson reminds me of Gary Belcher. Didn't he always take – what day did he always take off? Melbourne Cup Day, didn't
0: Melbourne he? Melbourne Cup Day. And so we'd be stuck working. Well, I rang him the other day, Badge. I said, listen, I've got a function for you. Are you still doing your Melbourne Cup Day thing? He goes, no, nah, I've got Melbourne Cup free. What? <laughs> so every other year you've been doing radio, you've made us work, and you had the day off. You're not doing it in oh. the year that you retired. Well, Chris Nelson's done the same thing to Sam Highland. Yeah. Can I I want to pick a bone with Sammy Hyland. How are you? Welcome to the show.
4: Um. I'm good sats I'm good it's great to catch up with the uh, the Gold Coast crew.
0: I mate, I love listening to you each and every week and but I've got to pick a bone with you cuz last week I was trying to pick my who I was going to pick for the Cox played I was I, I was I was all in for Romantic Warrior and then I hear Sammy Holland ah, go I'm not hot for the uh, the favorite <laughs> Romantic Warrior You turned me off it Sam Well
4: I I went with Juas, right? I went with Juas. Had a great at run. $41, mind you, Satz. Mm. $41. And it never got off the bit. It should have won the race. It yeah, was unbelievable. I know. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And it, uh, you know, I was, yeah, I, I'll tell you what, you, you didn't want to be in my lounge room uh, watching <laughs> the cops Plate because do you reckon I was throwing every single toy out of the cot?
0: <laughs> oh, Sammy, what's happening this weekend in Queensland?
4: Big, big weekend of racing, obviously, right around the country. Do you know, in Queensland on Saturday, we're racing? Oh, Bow Desert. What's up, here? Oh. You there? Yeah. This weekend, it's a massive weekend for racing in Queensland, and Saturday, Derby Day, Bow Desert, Aquas Park, Gold Coast Poly, Barkle Dine, as Campbell Brown would call it, or Bark to most Queenslanders. <laughs> Cloncurry, Clon Dolby, Eagle Farm, Home Hill, Toowoomba on Saturday night, and Yapoon. But then, if that is not enough racing for you in Queensland, you can get Tuesday, Quest Park, Gold Coast Polly, Bundaberg, Charleville, Eagle Farm, Gladstone, Cumbia, which I don't know where Cumbia is, but I gather it's in Queensland, obviously. Mackay, we'll look, it up. We'll look Mount Isa, sunny coast, sunny coast, Toowoomba, Townsville. There is so much racing on this weekend in Queensland. It's going to be a ripper weekend.
1: Righty, and of course, we've got the uh, the big racing spring carnival in Melbourne as well. Before we turn our attention to Derby Day, you got any tips for us this weekend?
4: Well, Eagle Farm, I've done the tips for Eagle Farm because you wouldn't believe it, that Chris Nelson... He's taking the whole week off so I've got to, I've got to do tips for Saturday. I'm, I'm on all these different radio stations. It's unbelievable, but it's good fun.
3: Uh, race
4: 6 number 12 Terramedes. This is the Quaddy legs at Eagle Farm. Race 6 number 12 Terramedes. Race 7 number 4 Poetic Drama. Uh, race 8 number 7 The Valves. And this is my best for the weekend in Queensland, boys. Race nine, number one, Go Wanji for Tommy Dougal from Toowoomba. I tell you, he's a good horse, Go Wanji, and yep. he will blow him apart in the last on Saturday.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. Now, right. Cumbia. is near Kingaroy. Okay, so that's yeah. a, South Burnett region.
1: So that's about, I don't know, six long necks. Uh, if we were to drive? Yeah, probably better. Yeah, yeah okay. I reckon probably a little bit less. Okay. Yeah. Well, drink
0: responsibly. Yeah,
1: exactly. exactly. What about Derby Day, mate? What yeah. are you liking? Can I ask
0: you something really, really quickly, uh, Sammy? Around Derby Day in in Flemington, um, the second race, which is the Lexus, now there's still a few horses wanting to qualify. I can't believe that they're able to race on a Saturday with such a big race and flip them around and then run such a huge race on the Tuesday.
4: Yeah, well, back in the day, sats. So it's funny you should say that because it's not really, it's not really the theme uh, in in this modern day Melbourne Cups. But back in the day, you always ran on the Saturday, you and then you ran in the Melbourne Cup on Tuesday. And I mean, Bart Cummings was famous for letting horses run in in the uh, McKinnon Stakes on the Saturday on Derby Day, just having a roll around. And then he always said that he won twelve Melbourne Cups that he always said you had to have that run on the Saturday going into the Melbourne Cup on the Tuesday. Now, back in 1985, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret that my dad, Pat Hyland, he rode a horse called What A Nuisance and he Mm. might've been a little bit warm on What A Nuisance just letting him roll around on the Saturday, but he turned up on the Tuesday and he was trying for his life and it got the money. So it was a really common theme to go round on the Saturday and then run on the Tuesday. And it worked so many times. And obviously, Bart Cummings, he was the master at it, and he loved doing it. But, yeah, in this day and age, it's they, they sort of like to go into the Melbourne Cup a little bit fresher. And, I mean, as we see in this year's Melbourne Cup, the horse that I like is Vauban, uh, and he's going to be basically first up into the Melbourne Cup. He hasn't even had a run in Australia. Very he's cool. come from Ireland and he's gonna run first up in the Melbourne Cup and Sats I dead set think he will blow them apart. Wow. I watched its work at Flemington on Thursday morning and I thought how are they gonna beat that horse? He, Willie Mullins, he bought Max Dynamite that has was run great in in, in Melbourne Cups before. He ran second and third I think in, in two Melbourne Cups and I'm going to say that this horse, Boban, would pick, he would pick Max Dynamite up with one leg and carry him. <laughs> wow, okay. Good. So he, I reckon he, he'll win the Melbourne Cup. But the Derby on Saturday, I'm all about Riff Rocket. Uh, and this is the value bet for the weekend. Foxy Frieda at $31 in the Empire Rose. I reckon that's where we can get a Big bank for
1: Melbourne Cup Day on Tuesday. Rightio. Sammy, thank you. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. What's gambling really costing you for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Sammy, great job filling in for Nelson, mate. Thanks for your time. Have a good weekend, boys. There goes uh, Sammy Highlands on off the bench. Sats, we're going to wrap up this show in just a moment. Last weekend was probably one of the biggest weekends oh. in sport outside of grand finals.
0: It's ridiculous.
1: This weekend's still pretty big.
0: A lot of World Cups this year, oh, hasn't there? And because they all come round every four years, yeah. You think they would always fall, but on the same year. But COVID knocked a few of those World Cups around, so.
1: Yeah, it did too. Mm. Um, you're calling the Pacific Nations final between Australia and New Zealand in Hamilton. from I Hamilton, can't Hamilton. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's uh one o'clock It is. On SCNQ in 1620. That's the pre-game. Uh, and of course in the cricket on Saturday night Australia playing England at the ODI can't World wait. Cup. Yeah, I am a bit I'm a bit worried. Yes, yeah, you always say this. Yeah, but the but reason
0: England are one of those sides that can't sneak up and
1: Oh, it's not that reason. Uh, we got we got no Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Who's concussed? No Marsh. From and Marsh has gone home as well. So, for personal reasons. So there's a there's a bit going on there yeah. in England. Don't worry, they'll be fo- they're, they're they're lousy mm. at this World Cup, but they'll still be fired up over what happened to Bearstow in the Ashes. Mm. Even oh, though he, even though he was
0: out, I hope he gets crushed.
1: Oh, the Winger. I hope he gets stumped. He's again. just got
0: a bat. he got a whinging head on him. Uh, sometimes you just want to slap it.
1: They're last England. Oh, They're no. behind Netherlands. It's so good. It's so good to see. Hey, enjoy your weekend. Lots of uh, racing going on this weekend. Derby Day. Uh, Lexus. Oh, so much on. Eagle Farm races on this well. Yep. Thanks to everyone who's been on the show this week. We'll be back with Sports Day uh, Monday afternoon from 5, just after Joel and Fletch with the run home. Enjoy your weekend. See you, Sati. See you.